Well, I tell you, it has been an amazing, uh, challenging, uh, what all are the adjectives we could use here? Enlightening uh, last nine or 10 months, hasn't it? Amen. Never in, never in our lives having lived through anything like this. Um, so it's, it's been a challenging time. I'm so glad, though, that the Bible says, God says, I will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is fixed or stayed on him. I will keep him in how, what perfected peace. Whoever's mind is stayed on him. I like what the Apostle Paul said to Timothy one time. He said, listen, he says, I know in whom I have believed. I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded. I'm not wondering. I am persuaded that he is, help me somebody, he is able to keep that which I commit to him until the day of the Lord or until the day that he returns. Amen. I believe it's in Isaiah, maybe chapter 45. It says that we are to say to them who are weary and who are faint of heart, faint of heart. We're to say to them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because the Lord will come. And uh, he comes in his, I think the word that's used there is his vengeance, which is his, his, his um, exaggerated zeal. He will come and he will save, uh, he will save them, you know. So praise the Lord. You know, we, we live in these uh, interesting times, uh, but we have things that we can be thankful for. I feel like my, my assignment this morning, because pastor's not here, I'm going to just share the, from the scriptures for a, a few minutes with you. But I feel like my assignment is uh, is. It's pretty simple, pretty simple. Um, I'm just going to try to connect with the Holy Spirit and uh, to let him refresh us in a few things. There's some scriptures that the Lord gave me. So I want to take these, let these scriptures, and I just want to kind of, if I might, sow them into you. You know, we're, we're described in the scriptures as, uh, as God's garden, right? You remember that scripture? We're, we're God's garden. We're God's we're God's field. So let these this morning, hopefully it'll just sow these scriptures into you, remembering that God's word has a way to connect directly to your spirit man. God's word is described as being alive. It's living. It's alive. It's, it's not just a speech, but it's living and alive. And when we look at scriptures, they have a way to connect directly and interact with the spirit of man and change it from the inside out. I, it's amazing to me. I can sit down with my Bible and just begin to read from the Psalms or read from, I can read from the Old Testaments just out of, you know, what the prophets had said. And they, they, many times they just use the scriptures just to describe how God is and what he does and so forth. And it's just amazing to me that just beginning to read his word, when you stop and you let that word begin to connect to your spirit, man, it changes everything. It readjusts your focus. It readjusts your attitude, your state of being. It, refocus, it refocuses the way that you are responding, responding to life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, because the word is alive. The word is, 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 and the best way, the quickest way, the easiest way, the kingdom way for us to adjust ourselves, adjust our thinking, and bless her heart, not end up being like this little girl was, you know, when things like what we're going through now happen. But the best way is just to shut everything down and just let it, let the word come inside and let it take us. There's two scriptures this morning, and I'm going to ask them uh, to put them up on the board here for us in a minute. And uh, I, I want one of them's from the Old Testament, one of them's from the New Testament this morning, Isaiah chapter 43. If you have your Bible, you may want to go to it because you might want to mark in your own Bible. And one of them is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. But these two scriptures, they have a common thread through them. And so let's, let's just start with Isaiah 43, uh, verse. I'm, we're going to read verse 16 through 19. And I'm going, to, I'm going to kind of exegesis or comment through them. You guys, if you've heard me minister, that's just, just the way that I... I, I, I that's the way I think. That's the way the Lord uses me. And he starts off with this in verse 16. He says, thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Now, anytime you find that in the scriptures, that's a good opportunity right there for you to take special note, right? 
This is not somebody's idea. This is not just explaining through a little description or a story that's being told. And a lot of the Bible is stories that are being told. They're being rehearsed. They're historical. But this is not that. This is, this is a direct word from the Lord. And it says, thus says the Lord. Now, stop right there for just a minute. Because the next part of that verse, verse 16 and 17, the rest of that is just a description of who is saying this. We don't get to what is being said till we get all the way down to verse 18. But now he gives us a description of the Lord who is fixing to tell something very important to his people. Are you with me? Now watch what he says. Thus says the Lord, thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Who makes a way? Somebody say that with me. Who makes a way? Who makes a way? God makes a way. God makes a way. In fact, I'm going to talk to you about that this morning. God makes a way. It doesn't matter where you are, what sand, what you're looking at. God makes a way. God has a way for you today. No matter how big your problem is or what you're facing, God makes a way. He makes a way. Now, and here's described, he makes a way in the sea. The word that is used there is a Hebrew word that actually has to do with like roaring, roaring, turmoil, uh, like the noise of a sea. Like, like you, have you ever been to a place, I remember when we went to Hawaii one time, uh, there was just, just one place we went and the sea was coming in and it was just rolling, you know, the waves were so high and it was almost deafening. You could hardly hear anything because of the roar of the sea. It was just, and, and here he's describing something so powerful, so deafening. When you're just hearing so much noise, you don't know what to do. God still can make a way. I said, amen. Yeah, God can make a way. And then he says he makes a path through the mighty waters. A path through the mighty waters. I tell you what, you know, these prophets... When you study Old Testament in particular, they didn't sanitize everything. Yeah, they didn't. They, you know, it's not all sanitized. If you study this out, we, we can just go on the little surface of what it said. But if you study this out, the path has to do, um, it's, a, 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 it's a trodden down way to go. Don't get off of it. Don't get off of it. It's a place where you, it's all packed, it's, it's, you know, where you, where you walk. And he says here, through, through mighty waters, strong waters. You know, what the, you know what the word that is used here for waters is referring to? It's not pretty clean water. He's talking about what we would refer to as wastewater, sewage water. You see, he, he's not real, you know, didn't sanitize everything. This is the God that knows how to make a path for you through the middle of the stinkiest stuff that you could ever imagine. It may be terrible. It may be, mm, it may be, I don't want anything to do with it. But this is the God who can make a way right through the middle of that. Amen. When the noise is so loud, roaring and crashing around, you're hearing everything. You just, God, I just wanted to shut it all out. When you're walking on a path, it's certainly not sanitized. God's here to still make a way for you. Poke somebody and say, God will make a way for you. Now, verse 17, it says, now we're still talking about, he's just describing who this God is that is saying something is. And he said, he brings forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the power. He's referring back to when Israel was released, you know, from Egypt. He, bring, he's, he brings them in. This is the God who's somebody, he draws in these things, the chariot and the horse, that's the, the weapons against you. The army, that's people, you know, and, and the, the power, it's a word for authorities, the commanders, those that, are, those that are in charge. And watch what's he do. He causes them all, it's ladies lay down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished and they're quenched like a wick. This is how big he is. He sucks in your enemies. Hallelujah. He brings it all together. He's the God who is able to just extinguish your problem. I need a better amen than that. I said he can extinguish your problem. Just like putting out a wick on a candle. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, it's time to let him make a way for you. Can I have an amen? Well, let's go on. Let's go on. 
now have we finally got through the part that's describing who this God is that, has, that says he's saying something. And now let's get to what he says. Here's what God says. He says, do not remember the former things. Consider, nor consider the things of old. Hmm, don't remember. Actually, there's a strong message in that. I think sometimes we just kind of lighten over it. But here's what he's saying to you. This is the God, thus says the Lord. Do not remember. In other words, stop bringing up all the past stuff. Do you know you can, you can, you can live in the past? A, a lot of our past is not pretty. A lot of the things that have happened in our past is not pretty. A lot of the challenges we've had is not pretty. Now, he says, look, here's what you need to do. Stop it. Stop bringing it up. Stop living there in the former things. Stop, you know, the way it was, the way it was, what happened, all of that, trying to live in the past. And then he says, consider nor consider the things of old. The word translated there in your English is a Hebrew word that means understanding. There's a lot of people, they live in trying to understand what's happened. If I, I just don't understand. I just don't know. I don't understand. If I could just understand it, I think I could go on. You can go on without understanding it. You can. I said you can. Can I have a... Amen. You can. Don't, don't live in all the stuff that's happened. Don't consider all the things or try to understand. Living and looking at the past... Focusing, trying to understand what, what's going on. Why did that happen? I don't understand. Why did that happen? Well, I don't know sometimes either. But I'm not going to live there. I said I'm not going to live there. Verse 19. Now we're talking about still what the Lord said. He said, behold, I will do a new thing now. And I think that's what God's saying to a lot of us today. Praise the Lord. I'm going to hear, God lives in the today to now. He lives in the now. I'm doing a new thing now. Your past may have been a mess. Even what you're facing right now, what you're going through, the challenges that you have, it may be a mess, but God's got a new thing for you right now. He's got a new thing now. He says, it's going to spring forth. It'll spring forth. And I want you, he said, I want you to know it. I want you to catch it. Will you not know it? Catch it. Don't let it go past you. Don't be living in the past, so thinking about, how did that happen? Why did that happen? I don't understand. La, 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 until you miss what God's doing for you in the now. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God. Amen. I will do a new thing now. I will, it will spring forth. Shall you not know it? Now, here's that phrase again. I will make a road in the wilderness. I will make for you a road. I'll make you a way. I'll make a way. And, and I'll make rivers in your, in your desert. Now quickly, let's look over at the other verse. We'll come back to that in a minute. In the 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and in verse 13, this New Testament now, different circumstances, different people. He says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, such as is normal, natural, human in nature. Amen. Carnal, solical, common to man. No temptation has taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful. My, 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 my. You know, that's, that's the place in the verse that you could just stop and meditate a while. Oh, thank you, Lord. You're so faithful. Hmm. Where, what have you ever been in that God was faithful? That you didn't know a way out, but God gave you a way out. You ever been there? Ah, Lord, you, if you live long, you have. But God is faithful. But God is faithful. Well, he's faithful to do what? He'll not suffer you or allow you to be tempted above that that you're able, but with, will with, but will with the temptation also. Make a way, make a way. There it is again. He'll also make a way to escape an egress, an exit. He will make a way. You're going to come out. He'll make a way of escape that you may be able to stand up under it, to go through it, to take care of it. 
and you'll be able to come out in victory. Now, both these scriptures, they give us specific, you know, words to, 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 to the people. Um, different times, Old Testament, New Testament, different settings to different groups of people, you know. But if you look at them both, they both have, they have a, a, a similar promise. It's a similar promise. It's a similar word. Uh, it, it projects a similar way of thinking and a way of doing, which is it's pretty easy if you'll look at it in this light because it's Old Testament. You have a whole different set of things, a whole different set of people, but it projects for us the way that God thinks and the way that God does things. Now, I've been on this for the last, I don't know, four years or so because the Lord spoke to me a long time ago and said, he said, listen, if you will focus on learning my ways and my thoughts, then you'll be better able to handle anything that ever comes against you because he is consistent. God is consistent. He's always consistent. So we don't ever know what God's going to do. Well, you do. You do. He's consistent. Amen. His thoughts and his ways. And those things do not change. His way of thinking. Now, it's referred to in Isaiah chapter 55 where he says, you know, my thoughts and my ways are higher than yours as as the heavens are to the earth. But he didn't say that you couldn't come to know his thoughts and ways. We come to know his thoughts and ways as we study what he says, as we study what what he does. So, To me, there's takeaways from both of these scriptures. There's a common thread. And that common thread is that God makes a way where there is no way for his people. In fact, I'd be so bold as to say God always makes a way for his people if they'll believe him. God will always make a way for you if you will believe him. Now, so let me just give you a couple of takeaways. First of all, is that God can and he will do impossible things when you need it, when the need arises. Amen. He will, he will do it. Now, the example that is used here in Isaiah 43 was the example, you know, of um, God drawing Pharaoh in. If you notice that scripture, where he brought the chariot and the horse and the, and the army and the power and he brought them all in together. But he brought Pharaoh in. He brought his, 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 his armor. He brought his, brought his weapons. He brought the army. He brought the commanders down into the sea where they pursued the Israelites. And, of course, you know, this, Egypt was trying to enslave them again. And then he, he just extinguished them. He extinguished them. He said, listen, you're not going to see them anymore. You're not going to see them anymore. God made a way. In other words, he made a way when there was literally no way for them to advance. Another takeaway Another, another takeaway that um, he tells us there in that scripture is stop living in your past. Stop just considering what's in it good. God's, God's got a new thing now. That don't mean he's going to move you to a new country, a new, but he's got a new thing now. Your yesterday may have been a stinker. You may have walked through the path of the wastewater. You had to go there. He's got a new thing now. He's got a new thing now. And he wants you to know it. He wants you to know it. He wants you to understand it. So the takeaway is from that, we we stop living, you know, just considering what's old, what's that, because God's got another way. Now, verse 19, he says, I'm going to make you a new way. Roads through the wilderness and rivers to refresh you in your desert place, a new way in the wilderness. What's the wilderness? Well, he's using words to describe, you know, things. We, we could plug in a lot of things, but the word means it's a place where there's nothing. I mean, it's, it's a place where that there is, uh, you know, there's no conveniences. It's not developed. You know, it's not, um, it's, it's not welcoming. It's dangerous. It's, uh, you know, what you need is, is, is not readily available. It's in hospitable times. It's, it's uh, you know, untamed. There's no telling what's going to happen in the wilderness. You're not prepared. Most of us are not prepared in the literal to go live in the wilderness, right? You're not bear, what's his name? Bear, 
Who's the guy who lives in the wilderness all the time? Yeah, okay. We're not that. We're not survivalist in that sense. But now God says, look, he's using a picture, and he says, I'll make for you a way through the wilderness. No matter where you are, I'll make a way for you. And then he says, I'll give you rivers in the desert. Rivers. Water. Water always refers in life, I mean, in, uh, in the Bible, has to do with life, living. Because, you know, we have to have water for life. Life, waters nourish things. He says, look, I'm, I have a way to make a river for you in barren places, the most barren, dry place you could walk through. I have life for you. Places where it doesn't seem like anything's growing. But God says, listen, I'm going to make for you a way in those places. Now, the second scripture, there's no temptation taken you, but such is common to men. I, I want to clarify just a couple of words there. That word temptation. I remember when I first came to the Lord and was just trying to study the word, that temptation. Of course, growing up in a Pentecostal church, you know, Man, we heard about temptations. We preached about temptations all the time. And our, our concept of a temptation was, you know, we're being enticed to say something, do something wrong, look at the wrong thing, you know. Of course, if it was fun, we couldn't do it in, in, in our circles, you know. <laughs> couldn't go to a ball game, couldn't go to a movie, couldn't go to anything, you know. That was a temptation. That's the way I thought about this word. And uh, it was very enlightening to me when I, when I was in, uh, encouraged with the Lord to just look the word up and begin to see what it is. The Greek word that is used is much, it does have to do with enticing and seducing, but it's, it's a much broader word. It, it covers things like um, uh, harmful experiences that you have. There's no experience like that. It's ever taken you, but it's come it, it means trials or, or provoking times or difficulties, adversities, no adversities, no tricks. You know, where the devil tries to seduce us and, 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 and uh, deceive us into doing something. Even has to do with persecutions. He says, there's none of those things that is taking you, but such that is common to man. There's one more word I wanted to emphasize that if you're, if you're taking notes, make a circle around it. It says, temptations that has taken you. The word taken is the Greek word lambano, which means, you know, like, Derek, it's like, is somebody who just came up and grabbed you and seized you. It's a word that has to do with violence. It's like the enemy would come, or life would come, things would come, and just try to overwhelm you, grab you and take you. And, and it's almost overwhelming and taking. And the Lord is saying to you, there's no adversity, trial, seduction, deception, nothing that can come against you, but such that is common, normal to people, to humans, amen, to man. Nothing has come to take you, but such as is common to man. And then he says, but God is faithful. God is faithful. Now the, there's the God factor has come in on the scene. Are y'all here or not? God is faithful. And he will not allow you to be tempted, tried, tested, Test your integrity, test your, you know, your, your faith, test your trouble, test you in persecutions. He will not allow that above that that you are enabled. The word that is there is the, is the word uh, dunamai, which means empowerment. Above that that he's empowered you, given you strength, given you, given you wisdom, given you ability to be able to go through it. You know, isn't it good to know that, that God has set limits about what life and the devil can do against you? Yeah, it's good. He has set limits. The devil can't just run over you, just, you know, take you out, and you don't have anything to do with it, and you can't, you can't prevent it. He set limits. He will not allow, God does not allow the enemy to do that, nor life, nor people. Above what he's empowered you to be able to take care of or to handle. He says, but with that, with that temptation, he'll also make you a way out. He makes you a way of escape. Amen. So we could say from this, we could say it this way. According to God's word, in everything that comes against us, 
God, he only permits that that is common to man, that is normal or natural to men. And with every one of those things, he has promised that he will make a way of escape. Somebody say with me, God God. always makes a way. He always makes a way. He always makes a way. I, I, uh, as I was just thinking on this message, I was thinking about the goodness of God. And I can truthfully say over all this time, since I came to know the Lord in my 20s, really came back to God. I, I can honestly say that no matter how complex the adversity or, or the trouble that has come up, know how to big the wilderness or dry the desert it seemed to be it in every one of those instances and I'm so thankful for this but God has been faithful to empower Monica and I to be able to go through find the way of escape and to come out victorious on the other side he's always made a way in fact I feel guilty sometimes because it's, it's become, it's like a lifestyle. It's like a lifestyle. I mean, what's the worst could happen anyway? Are you here? What's the worst could happen anyway? The worst that could happen, the worst that could happen is I get to be with him forever and ever and ever. He's always got a way. He's got a way of escape. I remember one time, I remember about in 2009, uh, the doctor, my family doctor, sent me to another doctor to, to have his test done. And uh, so we went in and had the test, and then uh, we went back for the follow-up. And uh, when we got to the follow-up, the doctor set us down, and he says, well, says, I've got some sort of bad news. And we said, Monica and I were there, and I said, oh, okay, well, what is it? What it, by the way, it was kind of like the other day I went, I had the COVID test, you know, because Scott had, so I went and had one because I didn't want to, you know, be carrying something for somebody, even though I've set my faith and no plague comes to my dwelling in Jesus' name, amen. amen. But anyway, so I had the test. Doctor came in and said, 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 you're, you're positive. You, you positive, showed positive for COVID. I said, you, you got to be kidding me. No, no, it says right here, you're positive for, for COVID. Uh, no, and then she went through this all long thing. This is what you got to do. Da, 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 da. I said, well, interesting. I just came in here just to be reassured, you know, so people asked me, I could say it. I had the test, you know, so they wouldn't be afraid. And so she said, no, you got this. So I said, okay. So I walked out, I got in my truck, and my phone rang before. You know, before I got, no, I called Monica. And in the middle of my call to Monica, my phone was, uh, was breaking in on it. And so after that was over, then I, I called him back. And uh, before I got out of the parking lot, she says, uh, Mr. Hale, we're sorry, but we gave you the wrong report. <laughs> you, you, you're negative. I said, well, that's one time that I thank the Lord I'm negative. Amen. Amen. I thought, wow, isn't that something? You know, there's a lot of things. I'm probably going to end up taking too long here. But there's a lot of things that happen to us in life that if you'll just watch how you respond, you'll really know what's on the inside of you. Watch how you respond. You know, you'll really, you think you know yourself. And a lot of times you don't know yourself till the pressure comes. You don't know yourself till the bad word comes. Anyway, back to my story. We were sitting here in the doctor's office, and he says, I got, I got somewhat bad news for you. He said, what's that? He said, he said, you have cancer, cancer in the prostate. So I'm watching the way I'm responding. I don't know if, you know, it's like I have a third person out here somewhere. Y'all can call me schizophrenic if you want to, but anyway. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm watching out here, and I look at Monica, and she looks at me. And we're non-responsive. Okay. Yeah, you got you got cancer, and then he goes on to tell me what all he needs to do and how to how they need to treat this stuff. And so, 
We said, well, okay, you, you know, thanks for your, thanks for your words. We know you're, you, you know, you, you go by your test, got what you do. So well, we'll pray about it, and then we'll let you know what we're going to do. Now, my point to all this little story is, there was something inside after serving the Lord for all these years. There was something inside. It was not spoken. There wasn't any lightning from heaven. There wasn't any big, you know, there wasn't nobody around to prophesy to me. But there was something inside that said, God's going to make a way. God's got a way out of this. Because I remembered the scripture that the Apostle Paul told to the church at Corinth. There is no test or adversity or trial that is ever going to be able to come against you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful. And with every temptation that comes your way, he, with that temptation, he will make a way of escape for you. And I, and I was like, thank you, Jesus. And we walked away, and we had no fear. We didn't have any fear. And, and I thought back, and you, well, why didn't we just, you know, fall in each other's arms and cry and, and say, oh, my God, what are we going to do? You know, or, well, do, do I need to get everything in order? Do I need to get my life in order? Do I make sure my will's up to date? Well, I already had all that done anyway. You should be doing all that stuff. But there wasn't any fear. I like that. I don't know about you, but I like that. Amen. I like that. Amen. Now, let me close with this. I don't even know how long I've been going, but I'm going to close with this. I want us to go over into the book of Exodus. I think it's in chapter 14 we're going to go there. And I want us to look at the real-life example that Isaiah refers to whenever he's teaching this lesson. He's, t- he's talking to the people of the children of Israel here. And we just read the scripture. But let's go and look at that real-life example and just see this is a real example of how to walk out your faith that God's going to provide a way even when there seems like there is no way. You know, this may be the way some of you feel today. You might be here this morning and you got your smile on. Everything's good. Praise the Lord. Uh, You know, you're handling it. You've got the word in your heart. But it may seem in in the in the natural reality that you don't really know what's going to happen. All right? So go with me here to this scripture in Exodus chapter, uh, chapter 14. And let me find my place here in the scripture, in my, in my notes. Where am I going? I want to go to that scripture, and I want us to look at, I want us to look at this example. Praise the Lord. The setting of this, of this example is, Okay, the children of Israel already been left, uh, released from Israel after the plagues, you know, the plagues came. Pharaoh thought he had enough, and so he let them go, but he decides that he's going to go and recapture them, and uh, he's, he's going to take them back. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us here, but I believe God knows that Pharaoh's never going to leave these people alone. He let them go. He's never, he's never in his own mind. He's never, he's, he's such a hard-hearted person. He's never going to let these people go. And so he, he lets them go out into the, in the, into, the, into the wilderness. And here they are. They're at the Red Sea. And Pharaoh has come in from the back, you know. And they're, they're staying at the, at the Red Sea. And, uh, and, and God says some things to these, to these people. And this is what he says. And and we're going to just shorten it and go to verse 13 and 14. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. I wish you could mark that in your Bible. And Moses said, Here they are, impossible. Do not be afraid. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord which he's going to accomplish for you today, for the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you'll hold your peace. And I read that scripture, and I said, my, 
you know, I'm not all for formulas, and I don't know that the Bible gives us formulas. But God is a consistent God. God is a way of thinking and doing. His thoughts and his ways are consistent. And when he teaches us something like this, they're appropriate and can apply to many, many, many things in our lives. So here it is. I can just see Moses now. He's, he's standing there. You know, if you can't imagine this, then think of the Charlton Heston and the big movie Exodus. You Surely you could have seen that, you know. But you can just, now here's, here's Moses. He's standing there. The Red Sea's behind him. He's looking into the face of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Can you just imagine it? He's looking at these people. There's multitudes of people. Multitudes of people. Some say it's as many as three million people. And what does he see in the faces? He sees fear. He looks into their eyes. What does he see? He sees fear. He sees... He, he, you know, can you imagine that many people together? They're all bumping around. They're all talking. They're all talking at one time. They're all, you know, what are we going to do? You know, get the, get the kids together. I mean, it wasn't like we're all standing really still, sitting down, everybody just having their place on the ground listening to Moses. Do you know, at this point in time, Moses doesn't even have the direction from the Lord yet. He doesn't even know what to do yet. He's not been told yet. If you read a little bit further down, you'll see that the Lord tells him what to do. And so here he is, and he's standing there facing them. And the biggest thing that is apparent is there is fear all over him. One of the greatest enemies, one of the greatest enemies to being able to hear the voice of the Lord and to walk in the way that he tells you to walk, to get in that way of escape, is fear. I said fear. It's what, I'm, not, I'm not talking about concern. I'm not talking about being wise and don't stick your hand in the fire. I'm talking about fear. And God gives them the word. In fact, if you will read this, the context of this word is Moses stands up and begins to prophesy because he does not know what to do yet. And he begins to prophesy. And out of his belly begins, comes the word of the Lord. And this is what the Lord said. And the very first thing he says to them, do not fear. Now, that tells me, I mean, it's one thing, just tell somebody, don't fear, don't be afraid. But you have a choice. It tells me there's a choice. There is a choice. Our spirit man, our brains, our bodies, we can be trained as we apply ourselves or, or give ourselves to God, to God's ways and God's thoughts, we can, we can get that inside us and retrain us. The natural world has trained us to fear almost everything. We're, we're afraid of not enough money. We're afraid of uh, diseases. We're afraid of, you know, we, we're, all kinds of things. Most everything, most everything in this world, uh, that the base of the motivation from it is fear from the world standpoint. But here God says to the man of God, don't fear. You have a choice. And they had a choice that day. They could choose. They could choose to go back into slavery. They could choose to just freak out. You know, just, hey. But the word of the Lord was, man, write this down in your spirit. No matter what your adversity, no matter what your trial, no matter what temptation hits you, the first word that God will say to you, and it's consistent all the way through the Bible, is do not fear. Do not fear. It just seems like, it just seems like that victory and God revealing his way. It always starts at that thing. It always starts as this thing of deal, deal with the fear, deal with the fear. When, when that doctor said that you have cancer, the big C word, when he said that to me, it wasn't that fear was not around. Fear was around. We could have given to it, both of us. We could have given into it. But you can choose. I said you can choose. You can but choose to believe the word of the Lord. You can choose to believe that God is bigger than the words that are here to destroy you. 
You can choose to do that. Now watch this. I've got to hurry. So he says, don't fear. Watch this. The second thing he said to him is what? What does it say there? Stand still. Stand still. Well, that's deeper than just like you would tell your kid, be still. There's more to that than this. Actually, the word that is used there is a word that means, the phrase is means, take a stand. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have to take a stand. You want a victory? You're going to have to take a stand. Now, what's your stand going to be? He says to them, take a stand. Stand still. Station yourself. Get steady. Plant your feet. What do we plant our feet in? You plant your feet in the security of God's love and the security of God's word. You know, isn't it the truth? A lot of times when things happen to us, we start running around. We run around with our feet. We run around with our mind. Our mind is just la, 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 la. If you're like me, it's really hard. It's really, really hard to really hear clear direction when my mind is racing about a thousand miles an hour. And I'm thinking all this stuff. What am I doing? He says, take a stand. Take a stand. Don't fear. Take a stand. You need a way? This is the way you do it. It's, 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 it's like, what kind of a stand are you talking about? Well, you've got to take that stand to believe the Pharaoh, the power of the Lord. Amen. Pharaoh, pretty big, big army, lots of weapons. Power of the Lord. I think he's bigger. I think he's bigger. I think the Lord is bigger. Amen? So take this stand. Take a stand. Hallelujah. What kind of a stand? Stand of faith. A stand of faith. Just like Jesus told his disciples, he says, he said, have faith in God. Mark 11. Have faith in God. If you will say to your mountain, mountain be removed, be cast into the sea and not doubt in your heart what you are saying. You'll have whatever you say. We don't believe that. 90% of the Christians don't believe that. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. They don't believe that. But did Jesus say it? At some point in time, the situation is going to be where you're going to have to take a stand. Either you believe it or you're getting run over. You have to take a stand. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Do you believe that? That's the question. Do you believe that? If we believe that, we're candidates for God to open up the sea, make a way. Can I have a better amen? amen. Now, here he says, then what does he say? He says to them, see the salvation of the Lord. Don't fear. Stand. See. See the salvation of the Lord. See the salvation of the Lord. There's a principle here that's so powerful. When, when I look at, when you look at obstacles that you're, or challenge that you have, catch yourself, train yourself. What do you see? What do you see? 99% of the time, 95% of the time, whatever, high percentage of the time, what we see is, this, is the obstacle. You see it, you, you know, what am I going to do? Well, this decision's come up. This is a bad one. I don't know what I'm going to do. We see the obstacle. When you close your eyes, what do you see? You still see the obstacle. The children of Israel, when they stood there, when, they, when he said, what do you see? What do, what do they see? They, they saw Pharaoh. They saw army. They saw weapons. They, they, they saw, uh, could probably sense slavery, suffering, uh, killing, all bad. All bad. What do you see? I ask myself that many times. What, now, wait a minute. You're up against this. What do you see? When, when, when Moses, by the Holy Spirit, spoke this to them, and he said, see, what did he tell them? He didn't tell them to see the problem. He didn't tell them to see the sea. He said, see the salvation of the Lord. Yeah. See the salvation of the Lord. What is it that we see? When it comes up, when the barrier comes up, 
see the salvation of the Lord. And then he tells them what to see. He said, you see all these guys out here, these Egyptians whom you see today, you will see them no more again forever. That is what you're to see. You see, this is wiped out. This problem is wiped out. See the salvation of the Lord. See what you're believing for. See what you've asked for. See what you're desiring for. See what it is that you need. There's two ways that you see. You have a natural eye and a spiritual eye. And our natural eye is well-trained. He's well-trained to see everything around us, and then we respond. But when we come into the kingdom of God, there's something that comes alive inside. There's a new ability. There's a new power. There's a new endowment. There's some way that inside you can see. When you hit an obstacle, you can see the victory. Jesus on the cross saw the victory ahead of him. He endured it for the victory that lay ahead of him. He could see many sons coming into the kingdom of God. He endured the cross. Amen. What do you see? Train yourself. See your victory. See it fixed. See what you're wanting. See what you've asked for. Praise the name of the Lord, and your faith will bring that, bring that to pass. I'm almost finished here. I really am. I've been preached so long, I've already made myself tired. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is a good, this is a good scripture I wanted to say to you here. There are three, three times that the Lord says to us in the scripture, he says, the just shall live of faith, the just shall live of faith, the just shall Faith has an eye that sees. Faith, faith has an eye. Faith sees. Faith has an eye. It's in, a, is it 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians? 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. Paul told him, he says, you don't walk by faith, but we walk. I mean, we don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. We walk by faith. Okay, let me close this out. In verse, back in verse 14, then he tells him, he says, hold your peace. Fear not, take your stand, see your victory, hold your peace. Hold your peace. It literally means to get quiet, close your mouth. He's already told him God's going to do this. God's going to fight the battle for you. So just chill out. Just chill out. Just chill out. I think sometimes I have lost my battle by running my mouth. The word says, the New Testament says that we're justified or condemned by our words. We have the fruit of our, we have the fruit of our lips. Amen. The fruit of our words. So he said, look, just take it. Jesus, God, God's got this. There's a way. Just, just hold your peace. Hold your peace. Take a hold of peace of God. In the middle of the greatest trials sometimes, you can just, you can take peace. Just draw it to yourself. And the last thing he told them, he says, you, you tell the people, you tell the people to move, to move forward. Now I would call this, I would put this as, just obey what the Lord says to do. Just obey what he says. This, this example gives us kind of a, um, an outline, highlights of what it takes to walk through a place that's a wilderness, a desert, an obstacle, or anything that comes against you. Amen. And if we will believe it, God will make a way for you. Amen. Amen. I want you to think, I want you to think this morning of the most egregious thing that you're facing right now. If you don't have anything, that's great. Praise the Lord. Just rejoice with, rejoice in the Lord. But <clears throat> most of us have something that we're facing. We may not be freaking out because we trust in the Lord. But I want you just to think of the most egregious thing maybe that you're facing this morning 
Think of it in light of what the Lord said by the prophet here, prophet Moses, what he told him to do. And we're going to hold that thing up, and I want you to see with your eye of faith what victory looks like. What's the victory that you're asking for? Now bow your heads, if you will. Just close your eyes a minute. Heavenly Father, oh, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing that you could see every one of us, oh God, and you can see the thoughts of our minds all at one time. Now, Lord, I just ask you in Jesus' name, those that are seeing or up against or having temptations or adversities or trials, no matter how big or how small, I thank you, dear Lord, as we see through our eyes of our faith, we see victory. We see Cayman on the other side. I thank you, Lord, as we release our faith for that, that you are opening up a path. You're making a way where there's no way, a road through their wilderness, a stream of refreshing life through the dry place. Thank you, Father. You're faithful. And we believe we receive the answer. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I just heard in there, but pastor, you don't know my situation. I would just encourage you that God does. And no matter how impossible it seems, there is a way of escape. Take that. Put your faith on it. It's based on the scriptures, and it'll work for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. If any of you need prayer after we close the service, of course, there are prayer request sheets. You can get the sheets. You can turn them in. You can go to our website. You can do anything you want as far as getting us uh, a way to pray for you. But I, I'll be down front here, and uh, maybe I'll have an usher with me. And if you need personal prayer, just someone to pray with you. Maybe you're up against something. You say, well, I'd just like somebody to just sift your faith with me. That's, of course, in the scriptures, too. Then I'll be down here, and we'll pray together. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Lord, we love you, and we thank you for your goodness, and we thank you for today. I thank you for these people, oh God, that have been, uh, they've been very patient, and they've listened, oh God. I've, I've tried to sow something into their hearts. i tried to sow a seed, oh God, the seed of your word. And I praise you, O oh Lord, that we will and we claim a harvest, a harvest of your peace, a harvest of your answers, your solutions, your happiness, and your joy. We give you praise for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You have a good week, all right? Jesus is Lord.